Hey, hey, everybody. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to today's podcast, Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. I'm your host, Tracy Principe. And please join the Facebook group of the same name, Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents, if you're not already in there. It's a great way to get more help, get to know me better. And there is a closing in on 700 people in that group um, since I started just over last summer. Um, So you will definitely not feel alone in there. Uh, So hopefully see you there as well. All right, so today I'm going to talk about a really, really important topic, and that is family enmeshment. Um, toxic family dynamics, toxic family enmeshment, um, toxic family loops, I call it a trauma loop, a trauma bond, a triangle, um, it's, it's complete enmeshment in dysfunctional patterns, and we might not even, um, realize this, we're not consciously aware of this, so, when we're in it. And so I'm going to break this down today. This is super duper important. Um, And I see so many people struggle with this. And it just, it's huge. It's really, really hard to break. Um, And so I'm going to break it down uh, for you guys to help you understand why this is so critical to break this family enmeshment, okay? All right. Um, And it's really toxic. It's really dysfunctional, but we don't necessarily see it when we're in it because we don't have a frame of reference um, for what, you know, for what isn't, uh, for what is healthy, right? So, um, And even if we are aware of, wow, this isn't right, this is dysfunctional, these people aren't acting normal, it's still really hard to break out of, right? And that's where we end up defending ourselves, trying to rationalize, trying to use logic. Um, And we stay in that cycle, so we're still in that cycle trying to get people to understand, trying to get people to um, acknowledge abuse or harm or hurt. And that clearly doesn't work, right? So it's still enmeshment. So we're just going to break it all down. Okay. Um, all right. So basically... You know, how you attached to your primary caregiver, your parents, right? How you um, grew, whatever environment you grew up in, and you, you know, you, you needed, babies need to attach. They don't care, um, you know, if somebody, they don't have the awareness, obviously, to, to know that something's wrong. They will attach. They want to attach. They want to bond, Right even if that person is unhealthy. 
And that's how it starts. So it starts at a very, very young age. Then you begin to, um, you know, get older, obviously, and your parents are behaving and they have their own issues. And then you begin to manage, instead of managing your own feelings and emotions, you begin to learn to manage theirs as a survival tactic, right? You need to survive. Um, and so you learn to not manage your own emotions, not feel your own emotions and feelings, and you learn to manage theirs because that's the only way that you're going to be able to survive in that particular environment, right? And so that compounds over, you know, years and years and years. And then you go into the world as an adult with these same attachment issues and these, these, um, trauma bonds and you go and you take those out into the world and that's why you cannot oftentimes you can't function in a healthy way in relationships okay so let me know (laughs) if you've ever experienced uh not being able to function in healthy relationships I know I did um but I never Put that together until much, much later, and many, many failed relationships, and a, you know, um, not a good track record. So, what happens is that with you know being managing others, managing others feelings, emotions, maybe you had to you know take care of your siblings or take care of yourself. Um, you know, those coping strategies that you learned is that you don't have a clear sense of yourself because that wasn't um, modeled, right? Nobody um, emotionally attuned to you to give you to give you a clear sense of yourself. You were not allowed to develop an individual identity separate um, from your parents, okay? And maybe, maybe your parents even held that over your head, especially a mother figure um, where she, you know, she didn't allow you to be yourself or to develop an individual identity. Maybe you had to take care of her. Maybe she wanted a friend instead of a, you know, son or daughter, right? those types of things so you you so you're enmeshed you are entangled in a web of that and you do not have your own identity you were not allowed to develop that and so you don't have a clear sense of who you are okay this is really really important okay who are you if you are separate from your parents who are you right So because you don't know who you are, and that is not your fault, and you don't have a clear sense of who you are, this is how we get enmeshed in other unhealthy behaviors and coping mechanisms, okay? Um, And this is why it's so, so hard to go no contact. But let me give you some um, perspective on this, if you can relate to some of these. So when you don't know who you are and you don't have a strong identity a separate sense of self what happens is you go out into the world um, and you get um, 
in relationships where you become codependent. And this is especially true if you grew up with parents that were addicts or alcoholics and you had to almost be codependent as a child, right? You had to manage their addictions. Um, and whatever that looked like for you, you know, mom is drunk again or dad is um, drunk again. Um, or they're off doing drugs and nobody is in charge, you're left alone. Um, there's drugs in the household, there's other strangers coming in, you know, those types of scenarios um, that are created, they're extremely unhealthy and you might go out into the world and you might end up with um, in a relationship with somebody that is also has an addiction and you are that you become that codependent and you are trying to manage their addiction right very common very common because that's what's normal that's what we know um so codependency and it's it's not codependency can happen in many situations not just addictions um, definitely it is not exclusive to addictions. So another issue is just anxiety, a lot of social anxiety or anxiety in relationships, right? Um, you know, obsessing, obsessive thoughts, um, any anxieties that are around your relationships um, that come from a wound, that come from a coping mechanism, okay? So think of if that is part of your history or even what you're dealing with now. And then of course, toxic and abusive relationships, also very common that if we um, grew up in that environment, we also repeat those relationships. Um, and again, that person could be um, an addict or an alcoholic. Uh, they could be a narcissist. They could just be someone that is um, toxic or abusive. And again, we tend to manage their, um, you know, manage that, right? Um, and we tend to stay in those relationships and have a hard time getting out of those relationships because we don't have that strong sense of self, boundaries, those types of things. Um, and with all that, can you know, depression, depression, um, you know, of, of just everything going wrong, nothing feeling good, right? And maybe not having a clear understanding of why things are the way they are. And then emptiness comes with that, that emptiness and loneliness, um, that void. I remember that I filled it with alcohol and sex and, you know, high adrenaline activities. Um, but that emptiness, that loneliness, because we didn't get our needs met. We didn't have anybody emotionally attuning to us, right, as a child. So the emptiness, that is big. The emptiness and loneliness is a big, big thing um, 
and it's very uncomfortable, right? So it's, I would say that is probably one of the um, most uncomfortable feelings uh, in my experience, the emptiness and the loneliness. And I would say that healing and, you know, overcoming that um, is probably a lifelong process. And it's not easy to do. But it can definitely, definitely, um, uh, you know, change over time. Um, something else is neediness, you know, and that comes with kind of being that doormat, being um, weak boundaries, um, being that people pleaser, um, just, you know, having don't leave me kind of thing kind of being um, attached to somebody like Velcro, right? Because again, you don't have your own sense of self. You don't have your own identity where you, you know, each person can, in a relationship, they have their own identity. They do things separately or whatever, um, but they also come together, right? So that neediness, those needy kind of relationships are not healthy, um, and again, that, that neediness can also be in friendships, right? That are very unhealthy and codependent, not just romantic relationships. And really what it all comes down to is low self-worth and low self-esteem, okay? So low self-worth and low self-esteem. Unfortunately, we didn't get those qualities if we didn't have supportive parents. And we had to manage them and their emotions. We never really got to know who we are. So, you know, that's that's really the biggest hurdle, again, is that low self-worth and low self-esteem. Um, and so so those are just, like, I, the main ones. There, that There's more, obviously, um, and you can have more than one of those. You can have many of those and it's an enmeshment because you don't have your own identity okay so really what it comes down to is if you have trouble with connection and true connection healthy connection and relationships you probably experience some kind of toxicity um, enmeshment growing up right Okay, but the good news is it's possible. It is definitely possible to break these patterns, right? Um, there's always, always, you know, change available to us. Okay. Um, so again. A psychological term that refers, you know, that for for enmeshment is blurred or weak or absent boundaries. Okay, um, and this occurs in families, right? So you, you didn't have any boundaries. Your parents didn't have any boundaries. They were not able to set boundaries, um, and so you don't get that. Uh, so those lines are really blurred, right? So. 
because those lines got so blurred, you were not capable of separating your thoughts and feelings from your parents' thoughts and feelings. And this is so dysfunctional and so damaging. So let's dive into some of the, the um, this, let's dive into a little bit more of the signs um, that were in your upbringing, okay? All right, so let's talk about this. Because I see this all the time. This is huge. So let's talk about the signs that you might have experienced in your childhood of that enmeshment um, and see if these, you know, if you can relate to any of these, okay? So, um, so what happens is, you know, being you, basically, you know, being you isn't allowed. It's seen as a, a threat, a sign of betrayal. So making, you know, thinking, you know, on your own, having a different opinion, um, making, you know, your own choices, basically doing your own thing, that was not fostered. That was not encouraged. That would be a sign of betrayal, okay? Um, so especially, you know, if you came from a religious background, but even if you didn't, you know, basically, you know, being your own person, doing your own thing was a sign of betrayal. If you came from a particular religion and you didn't want to participate in that school or church or whatever, um, you were forced to do that, right? Having your own autonomy was not um, supported, basically. So bottom line, you know, ask yourself, did what were your choices and decisions and ideas supported or were they completely put down you know you got in trouble um you know what what was that like um another sign of enmeshment is again family was very involved, overly involved, and there was little to no privacy. Or people were so involved that it was a little incestuous, or it was um, inappropriate, right? Very involved, very, um, you know, there just wasn't a lot of privacy. And you didn't have privacy, you felt, you know, people maybe just barged in your room or just came, you know, just those kinds of things invaded your space. You didn't have anywhere to go. You didn't have a spot where you could go and be you, right? Another big one is you just couldn't say no, like saying no, or I don't, you know, saying no was not allowed you couldn't do that okay and so if you did that there was um a backlash right so there were consequences for again expressing yourself right saying no that wasn't allowed so you you know you you felt 
um, a lot of shame, you felt rejection, betrayal, guilt, all of those things. You, you, you know, you were not allowed to be your own person. Um, and that goes along with one or both of your parents being um, very, very overly strict, overly controlling, right? Extremely controlling. And that could also be a sign of narcissism in there, right? So if you grew up with, you know, very, very, very controlling parents, one or both of them, um, and very, very, very strict parents, again, if it was related to religion, they were using that to um, control you, right? Really, really um, damaging. And then another big one, of course, is you're just not allowed to be who you are. You had to be who your parents wanted you to be. How many people do you hear about or that I've talked to that said, well, I didn't, you know, I really wanted to be whatever, an artist, but my dad wanted me to be a police officer like him. So that's what I did, right? Or I had to go into the military because my I have a family line that was in the military. I couldn't betray them like that. You know, I had to be... Um, whatever it is, right? So countless, you know, the loyalty is strong and you just can't handle the guilt um, of not doing what your parents wanted you to, you know, not being what your parents wanted you to be. So you went with that instead of being your authentic self. You were um, authenticity and doing and, you know, doing the things that you wanted to do that was not allowed. It was not supported. Um, <clears throat> Again, in a family where only the parents' opinions mattered and the children's opinions didn't matter, um, that is not allowing someone to have their own individuality, right? So you're not allowed to have your own individuality or have a different opinion than your parents or they're not willing to hear anything that you have to say that could differ from their own. Um, very, very um, limiting. Um, if you had family, a family member that were, you know, that was depressed, um, they might have you know, maybe they even had a mental illness or they also were someone that was an addict or alcoholic. Um, everyone in the family had to manage that disease, right? And absorb it, okay? And usually with that, one parent is, uh, you know, the um, codependent enabler. Um, you have one parent that is, and then the children um, often have to manage that, you know, that parent. And usually the enabler or codependent is the one that says, oh, that's just the way they are. Um, you know, you know, um, you know, when your mom gets like this, uh, it's best to just leave her alone. Um, or, or, you know, those kinds of comments that, you know, don't bother mom you know, though she's sleeping or she's, you know, she's been sleeping for three days, you know, those kinds of things where you learn to manage 
around that person's addiction or behavior or um, illness, whatever it is, right? And you also felt the need to take care of that person. Okay, you felt a strong need to take care of that mother or father um, or both that you needed to parent them because they, you know, they can't even um, manage to parent you or themselves. And so you took on that role. So taking on those roles because a parent isn't, you know, so maybe you had to take care of your younger siblings too. Big, big, big um, problem where you take that role into adult life as well. Okay, another big one is your achievements or failures define your family's sense of your worthiness, right? And so, you know, you're literally not making money. And if you come from a family that is defined by wealth and money, um, and let's say you're more of a free spirit or, you know, you just don't really care about um, aligning yourself with that family, um, you know, tradition or, you know, whatever that is, that's, you know, you're, you're a loser. You're lazy. You're a loser. You know, your, your worth is based on that, um, family money. I see a lot of that. And your worth is based on, you know, your achievements. And, and that just puts so much pressure, um, especially in sports. It's almost like sports abuse, right? I see a lot of that. I hear about that all the time. Really, really um, affects people tremendously. Um, and then, you know, so those achievements define your worthiness, right? That's a really big deal. And then another big one is, you know, this, a lot of narcissistic um, parents, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of power tripping and um, submission and guilt tripping and manipulation. And, um, you know, the, so, so the family was built on this, you know, the power, the ego, the manipulation, the control, the um, narcissism, those kinds of things are really, really, really damaging. And instead of being built on equality and respect, that just didn't happen, right? <sighs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, so think about that. Does that, you know, do any of those resonate? It's a big deal, it really is. Um, 
Okay, so let's just move on. All right, so, you know, so why does this happen? Why does this terrible um, dysfunction exist? And really the most common reason is that this is what your parents learned from their parents growing up, right? So, you know, they, this is like, this is just passed along, um, generational patterns that nobody really breaks so it's just passed down and passed down until somebody says hey wait a minute you know something's going on here and we are getting to that stage of our evolution where we are not just um, you know lacking awareness and blindly passing things down right so um, you know that's the good news the good news is that is that you know, we're here to say, wait a minute, this, this isn't right. I want to change this and break that, uh, chain, right? Break, break that, um, toxicity. And it's a long road, but it, it's, it's the most brave and courageous, noble thing you can do for yourself and the future generations. Um, so, You know, that's basically what it comes down to is your parents were raised by their parents or grandparents. Um, and oftentimes, again, you know, you might not know what all the trauma is that they experienced. Um, they're not willing to talk about it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fear. It's fear-based. So let's look at some of those you know, fears, right? So they're projecting and um, being angry or whatever it is they're doing. It's a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Okay. A lot of fear. So what happens to us as adults is these patterns become so deeply embedded into us, right? So as adults, we can be really oblivious to this, these patterns and we can go on for years, even, you know, and decades without understanding what's happening in our relationships. I know my thing was, is that I, um, you know, well, it's them. There was always something wrong with the other person. Ha ha. Would never be something wrong with me, right? Um, you can also see people, you know, depending on your attachment style, you know, somebody, you can have an avoidant attachment style. You can be that enmeshed, needy, anxious um, attachment style. Right, so that has a lot to do with how you're going to um, perceive relationships. Are they safe? Okay, are they safe? Do they feel safe? 
where you're going to look for that person that also, so that's the trauma bond, looking for that person that also has, you know, unhealthy um, patterns, right? And, oh, this person is my um, soulmate or whatever. And what's really happening is you've connected on a trauma bond and you might not even know, you know, the depth of that until you get involved with that person, right? And then it's too late. That's where it starts. You enmeshed with that other person and that's where it's really hard to break. Especially, you know, we hear a lot about, a lot about getting away from narcissists, breaking free from that. Really, really hard to do because it's like a drug. It's like an addiction. Um, so and this is how we get consumed in those romantic relationships right we can feel like death if that person wants to leave us it's like dying And that's where the, this is where the inner work comes in of really having your own identity um, and being a, you know, separate individual, right? And being, and, and knowing yourself really well, that's what's going to bring you those healthier relationships, right? There's a lot of inner work. Um, it's a lot of inner work. So, like I said, you know, I had a long track record of failed relationships and I always just thought, well, I just can't find that person, you know. Um, maybe they're not out there. Maybe I'll just be single for the rest of my life, right? And then I became the, I don't need a man. I'm really independent. I don't need a man. <laughs> that was, you know, a trauma response. It was a trauma response. Um, so let's look at the, let, let's look at that a little bit more. How those, you know, how those enmeshments and those um, uh, attachment styles may impact you as an adult. So you could be the rescuer, right? So you need to rescue everyone. Or maybe you need to fix that person, right? got to fix them how many times do we do that and men do this too men and women so you you know you find that person that has issues and you um, are in a relationship and you you know you want to fix and you want to rescue okay or maybe you need to be rescued right so you need to be rescued You feel the need to be rescued. You just want somebody to rescue you. I've been that person, okay? <laughs> I've done I've done the fixing and the rescuing, and then I said, oh my God, forget all this. Somebody rescue me. I just want somebody to rescue me and take care of me, right? Been there, done that. Um, and then you take responsibility for other people's you know, choices and habits and feelings, right? Because we learned that as a child. We learned to manage other people's feelings and emotions, not our own. And so as adults, um, and again, this goes along more with the codependency, you know, you, you start managing that person, making, oh, well, that's just the way they are. 
um, it's okay, you know, you, you, you manage that person, you take responsibility for that person um, and rationalize it, okay? I see that a lot. I see that all the time. And it's, it's almost like it's unconscious. People don't even know that that's what they're doing, making excuses for others, bad behavior, right? Um, and then, again, that goes along with, you know, you, you, you're not, you, can, you literally can't tell the difference between your emotions um, and other people's emotions, right? Because it's really enmeshed. Um, and you are not able to give yourself, a, you know, your own space, especially if you're that um, people pleaser person with no boundaries um, you don't know how to just say hey you know I'm I you know this is what I need right you you literally can't do that so you are always leaving yourself out okay that's huge huge um, and then another big one is that your partner Without them, you don't know who you are. You would be, you would be nothing. Maybe even get depressed. You get suicidal. Um, that cycle of if that person leaves you, you are just, um, you know, you can't live without them. That's really, really toxic and really, really unhealthy. Um, and then you just get, you know, you are a person that gets easily. Um, enmeshed in other people's drama, right? So uh, with friends or co-workers, you know, you are in that drama. Again, it's because you probably, you know, it's what you're used to. You had that drama in your family, right? So you're, it's like you, you get um, attracted to drama and you go to those people where that drama lives at work with friends you know those kinds of things and again it's a you know lack of boundaries and you know fitting in with that um uh with that you know with that type of um with those with other people that also might have their issues and have low self-esteem and, um, you know, get it, get into that situation that's unhealthy and usually leaves you, um, feeling betrayed or, uh, you know, because most of the time those people, whatever drama and stuff that they're spinning, um, they're usually also spinning it on you. So you, what often happens is, you know, the betrayal and the, you know, the, oh, those people were talking about me, right? Because that's what they do. That's not true friendship. Um, and then again, feeling jealous, right? Jealousy, feeling easily um, offended, okay? So getting jealous, getting easily offended, getting hurt over very minor things, um, like being left out of, you know, something... Um, those are things that, you know, we, because we don't have our own solid footing, right? 
Another big one, again, being that people pleaser is your self-worth of, you know, you doing all those things for others, how useful you are to others. You define yourself by that and nothing else. Okay. Uh, Being obsessed with somebody, obsessive thinking, obsessive, almost like stalking or obsessing over someone that is probably toxic. I did that when I was really young. So all of these is a weak sense of self. You don't know who you are. You lose your identity to other people, right? So your identity is easily lost with other people, especially in relationships. You just, you don't have your own identity. You're lost. Maybe you don't even have your own interests or hobbies or things, you know, that you do separately, right? Because you're just enmeshed in this other person and you don't have your own separate, um, you know, interests or hobbies or, you know, going out with friends. You, You even drop your friends when you're in a relationship. So you're that fair weather friend. Also blaming people, right? Blaming people. Um, You make other people responsible for your own emotions. You don't take responsibility for your actions, behaviors, emotions, right? Because that's what you're, that's what was modeled to you. So these aren't, you know, these aren't to, um, these are, you know, just think about that. um, just, Just to bring awareness, right? And how do you feel listening to that? You know, tune into your body. We, you know, what does any strong feelings emerge? Do you feel that in your body when I talk about those points? Where do you feel that in your body? You know, what, um, you know, you might feel triggered by some of those symptoms if you struggle, if you're currently struggling with some of that. And just, you know, tune into your body's awareness of, you know, what, where do you feel that? What does it feel like? You know, is there something tightening up in your body somewhere when I talk about those things? Is, you know, do you feel that maybe in your chest or your stomach or maybe your whole body's getting kind of tense? Okay. So, really, really important to understand all of this be aware start to be aware of it and that's how we start to you know being able to set boundaries and say no um one of the biggest and i'll do more podcasts on these separate subjects but one of the biggest um gifts that I received is learning to enjoy being alone I used to I just couldn't be alone it was it was um it would cause anxiety um you know I just I couldn't do it but now I just it is one of my highest priorities um is you know to be alone and it is a beautiful feeling there's it's um because I learned to enjoy my own company, right? I learned to enjoy silence. I learned to enjoy being instead of doing. 
Um, and for me, that means being out in nature because nature really supports me and loves me and calms my nervous system and I feel really good. And so that's how I do it. I enjoy nature and I set aside a time each week. I try for every day, but you know, to be alone in nature, usually I might take my dog. Um, and it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And I can even tell my partner that, hey, you know, I've been doing things for you or helping you out or whatever, and I really need my alone time. And if you could not call me or text me, you know, with anything, because <laughs> whatever it is, it could wait. Um, and I'm going to go out for a while, right? And, and so that's what I do. And it's really, really, really important, especially if I had a busy week um, doing, you know, managing other people, right? And so this really, really can strengthen your sense of self. And if, if you haven't done this before, or if it's difficult to do, then, you know, do it for 15 minutes. And it can be whatever you, you know, whatever, you, whatever brings you joy, gardening, um, painting, cooking, writing, reading, anything that relaxes you, just make sure you do it alone with no, um, interruptions right you're not taking calls from anybody any whatever it is it can wait right kids partner whatever it is yoga but outside in nature is very very healing and very beautiful it will support you and um you know so if you haven't done that before just start off with you know 15 20 minutes and again noticing your thoughts and feelings and what in, in, you know, if you feel sad in the beginning, that's okay. Just notice it. Notice it, right? So learn to enjoy being alone. Takes some practice, takes some work, but I'm telling you, it was, it's, it's one of my highest values, one of my highest priorities, and nobody can take that away from me, okay? So give it a shot. It's really awesome. And to me, it's, it's really, you know, that really is self-love. It really is. It's really, really, you know, the highest form of self-love. Um, and, you know, this is a journey of self-discovery, right? So we didn't get to know who we were. So be curious. Be curious. Take your time. Be, um, you know, curious who you are. Who are you? What... Um, you know, it, it, make it exciting, right? And there's a ton of books and, you know, um, different things that you can read and, you know, personality tests and all kinds of things online that you can um, take for free. If that interests you. Um, I did a lot of that in the beginning stages of finding out who I was. I don't so much anymore. Um, but in the beginning, I, I read a lot of books and did a lot of free personality tests. Um, but, you know, just and, and be gentle and accept who you are and where you're at right now. So a lot of self-compassion, again, something that we didn't get, right? Something we didn't get, learn how to love ourselves, how to be compassionate towards ourselves, right? Taking care of our physical, mental, emotional needs, um, 
You know, how do we do that? So this is not a straight line. It is a squiggly line, like I always like to say. Take your time. It is not a five-step process. Um, You know, writing, journaling, sitting outside in nature, having that quiet spot, doing those things that you love. Make that a priority, you know. Make it a priority. Don't let something come up that changes um, you know, your plan. If you, if that happens, you know, make sure that you make a new plan. Hey, I was going to go for a hike today, but now, you know, something came up or whatever. Okay. So I'm going, you know, what am I going to do instead? Right? What can I do instead? Don't totally put it off, but find something else to do instead. And this is a way that we begin to spend time alone and get to know ourselves and who we really are, okay? We get to find ourselves when we are focusing inward and not outward. It's the only way. If we're constantly focusing on other people and their needs and managing this and that, we never give ourselves that beautiful experience of knowing who we are and strengthening, you know, our self love, self-worth, self-sovereignty, really, is what it is. And that is the freedom and the peace that comes with that. It is well worth it, even if people don't like it in the beginning because you've never done that before. Um, It is imperative that you take this path. And that's what filling your cup really is, filling that void, right? Filling that void. So instead of drinking alcohol, like I used to do, I go and I spend time in nature and that fills my cup. If I'm stressed, I'm having a challenging day, nature always fills that cup up for me, okay? So I don't need that alcohol. I obviously do other things, but nature is easy. I can do it in 20 minutes um, and most of the time, you know, 30 minutes is enough for me. I can easily find 30 minutes to go and luckily I live in California so I'm surrounded by absolutely gorgeous nature so it's not hard for me to do that um and so it's it's you know make make that a priority make that a priority if you're new to this process and you you know the loneliness make that a priority that's how you cure that loneliness and guilt Okay. All right. So I'm going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much again for joining. Um, Hope that helped. And uh, see you in the Facebook group. Navigating no contact with toxic parents. All right. Until next time. Thanks so much for joining.